0: So, <laughs> all right guys welcome back to the welcome home lake norman podcast we have myself ryan ben and tiffany with our guest today brian o'toole who is a famous pilot here from the lake norman area how famous ben oh, dude look
1: look i mean Ben. ben's requested you this guy's my <laughs> idol you know not only is he uh funny but he's a hell of a good pilot, man. We, we both of us love to fly, of course. He's good and, looking. Yeah. He's got a great model. haircut. Look, man. Ball ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about how lucky he is, uh, you know, and all that <laughs> lately with that beautiful bride he
0: is. So, but, Brian, your first podcast, correct? Yes. I've never, I don't even know what a podcast is.
2: This so, I'm is glad perfect. to be here.
0: So, what do you think a podcast, what do you think you're doing?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> Talking in a microphone with three other people. That's one thing. <laughs> Nailed ben, it. Ben, what do you think a podcast is?
1: I don't know. Y'all just bring me down here once a week and say, Talk here. I don't know what
2: happened. Actually, my kids know what podcasts are because they hear them talking about they were listening to some podcast, and I go, Good. Tiff, what's an actual yep. podcast?
3: <laughs> well, I explained it earlier that it's kind of like talk radio. Yeah. But you can listen to it anywhere. You don't have to do Yeah, be in your we car. like to video
0: it because mm-hmm. for some reason people want to look at Ben. I still haven't figured yeah. out why. I'm on the video. You're on video. Done my legend. Are you should have done about? my hair, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, so Brian, was a, uh, you were a pilot with what airline? Uh, American Airlines. For years. Still, yeah. I've, I've been with American Airlines 30 years. I just flew yesterday, American Airlines. There you go. Your brothers.
1: My they, brothers they, in arms. They flew me. And sisters. <laughs> Ancestor Was it bumpy? No, actually, smooth. honestly, smooth,
0: honestly it was the smoothest landing I've ever had in my flying experience. You sure I wasn't the pilot? It must have been you. Okay, just check.
1: You all <laughs> smooth, man. You got Brian.
3: <laughs>
0: <in the laughs> flight, man. I, yeah. like, I noticeably was sitting there and was like, oh, I can see us about to land, and I kind of braced myself, and I was like, oh, dang, we landed. Like, yeah, that was good.
2: Go. That was really it good. There's a lot of experienced pilots here in Charlotte, for sure. Yeah. It's a very senior base as yeah. far as seniority and pilots that have been around a long time mm.
1: you know we uh y- y'all got them buddy passes uh you know yeah. we, let's publicize that yeah. but, uh, <laughs> we used to do closings for buddy passes There you go <laughs> and that was back in the day when you could actually use them
2: yeah exactly Those planes are so
1: full now yeah especially, especially in the summertime
2: there there's probably a few months during the year that that the loads aren't quite as heavy, but boy, it's a pretty small window
1: well boy, we had a guy in our in our office that does the computer programming for that and he says it's so good now they can they can fill those planes up yeah, pretty good, absolutely. which is good because they're making money. Making money. Yeah, not, I tell you they what. They can last, pay their pilots what the the they deserve. The last four <laughs> years, we've made more money,
2: I think, they've made in the previous 25 years. I mean, yesterday, pilot. it was packed. Yeah,
0: uh, It took me, I texted Tiff, it took me 45 minutes to get through security just, I mean, in Phoenix, Arizona. Come yeah. on. It's not right. like it's a, a hey, L.A. Hey,
1: hey, hey, so, so this is something that's kind of in the news now. Do you put your seat back? Can you put your seat I back? I don't put back my seat back because they?
0: I'm respectful. I'm six foot three. If someone puts their seat back, it's in my lap. It's not comfortable. So, I, out of respect for not wanting anyone's seat back on me, I don't put mine back.
2: Even yeah. a little bit? None. Hey, you know what? I actually ride in the back a lot because they deadhead us. Yeah, you got to go make flights up. and stuff. And even if you put your seat back, it's only like about an inch or two. Yeah. It's really not like you're going to sleep any better yeah. or get more comfortable.
3: Yeah. So I don't know,
2: I don't put mine back just because I've kind of been like you where I've had a, a iPad out or something on my table and somebody puts their chair back and now my iPad
3: is well, in my Well, you know, lap. somebody said maybe mm-hmm. you ought
1: to ask. Well, that's you know, no, that's,
3: I think when we were talking about this last, you said, well, I'll just tell the people in front of me, I'm okay if you put your seat back. Oh,
1: that's sweet. Uh, yeah, and I am because it doesn't bother me, I'm yeah, you're
0: too tall. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm your, only like your knees. Five foot. <laughs> yeah. your knees are in the seat no matter what. So you yeah. know, like. no, uh, that, that was the Delta CEO who said you should ask, I was and that kind of
2: created a, yeah. you know, a firestorm. Like, why should you ask if the button is right there and the seat can do it? Yeah. Yeah. That was
3: kind of my thought. I also don't put my seat back, but if someone's going to come out on record and say, "Yeah, you really shouldn't do that," then don't make the seats so that they can go back yeah. exactly <laughs>
2: make them I own. don't you know and I mean unless you're on a really long international flight if you're going to Raleigh or if, you, if you're if you're even going to Orlando which is an hour from Charlotte you really need to put your seat back look no.
1: look dude you guys are going to be coming in the back now, breaking it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's one of the nice things since September 11th is we don't go back anymore. Those days are right over. There and,
0: uh, yeah. So you guys used to go in the back and just like, Hey, what's up? Planes flying itself. Um, no, not, not in that way. But if there was a problem,
2: huh. especially back when we had engineers on the airplane, so there'd yeah. be a captain, a first officer and an engineer. And so I was an engineer as a new hire in the cat. And there'd be a problem. flight attendant would come up and go, Hey, we have a, a passenger in the back that, and this is usually on the ground, that's not being cooperative. Captain would look at the engineer and go, hey, <laughs> <laughs> go that's take you. care of that. Yeah, that's you were the, the muscle. Like, that's right. And so we'd put our hat on, our coat on, and look official. And usually when you did that, people were a lot nicer to us than they were to the flight attendants for yeah. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. Just because of the authority, I guess, the authority uh, perception. Right. right. So where's that your favorite? Uniform?
0: where's your favorite place to fly?
2: Well, I flew international out of Chicago for 18 years, and uh, so I was flying the Boeing 777, uh, and and we flew a lot to London. I really enjoyed London, uh, but uh, my family was young, so I tried to be home as much as possible. So if I did the Asia flights, I'd be home more because Mm -hmm. it takes longer to get there, so you'd work. Three to four days. They give you, you more time off then you when you And then you have about five to six days off when gotcha. you got back. But gotcha. I love London just because, of course, we kind of speak the language. It's relatively and an easy flight, it's too. It's an what, easy eight flight. Hours? Well, yeah. from Chicago, it's from probably Chicago, 10. No, it wasn't that far. You know, it. of course, flying uh, across the ocean, it depends on the time of year. You know, when that jet stream is blowing in the wintertime, man, it takes you about five and a half to six hours. <laughs> you can really get going. That's nice. Uh, but of get course, that tailwind, that tailwind. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's we like tailwinds. But coming home, of course, we'd go further north to try to avoid. the right. We'd go up over Greenland to try to avoid a lot of those winds that were blowing hmm. uh, uh,
0: in the North Atlantic. So when you're how, what made you get into flying? You know, were you just sitting there like, there's a plane up there. I bet you I could fly one of those for well, a long time. No, I grew up around airplanes. My okay. dad
2: loved to fly, and he was not a commercial pilot. He just loved to fly. He he uh, went to college in uh, 1956, and his and his dad gave him 300 bucks for the semester for his spending money. He came home at Thanksgiving flying an airplane. <laughs> oh he bought God. an airplane and and flying lessons for 300 dollars.
1: Woo!
2: That's just a good. I don't good know if I'd have gotten that airplane. Right. Now. Yeah, I don't know. He was, a, know he, was a, he was an Ironica champ. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's and, a flat uh, airplane And type. so they were just, I mean, we had airplanes in our, gar- in our garage. He'd work on them. He'd take the wings off, bring them to the house and work on them.
3: Hmm.
2: Everywhere you turn in our garage, you know, people have car parts. He had airplane parts everywhere. Yeah. And so he just loved to fly. He would he'd buy an old airplane, work on it, fix it up, sell it, buy another one. That's but uh, I didn't have too much interest in it. I was not very, because we would fly a lot as a family. And uh, my brother always got motion sickness. So I'd be in the back seat with my mom, who also got motion sickness, <laughs> and so it just just it kind of reminded me of getting sick, right? <sighs> so I'll never forget the first day of Army flight school. I was learning how to fly this helicopter, and and it was a uh, it was a reciprocating engine helicopter, so it burned that one hundred low lead, mm-hmm. which is a very strong smell. Yeah, I mean that's gasoline. basically. Racing fuel, I'm yes, up. and man, I opened that door of that helicopter. I smelled that 100 low lead, I about threw up just because of my childhood. <laughs> I I don't know if
1: this guy's gonna make it, y'all. <laughs>
2: right, man. he smelled the gas and getting sick, but uh, so I always kind of had it. My dad really encouraged me, and uh, so once I, I went to flight school and got out, and I was like, wow, I can make a living flying airplanes, that's a pretty good deal, mm-hmm. and so uh. Uh, My mom and dad are both from the Myrtle Beach area, so I spent a couple summers towing banners up and down the beach. Mm -hmm. And then I got a part-time corporate job flying the the civilian model of the Army airplane I was flying. Mm. And then I got a commuter job with an Eastern Express carrier out of Florence, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that went away when Eastern went on strike. And then there was a Piedmont commuter up here in Charlotte, and they hired all of us. And so we came up here. That was 19... I think that was eighty eight. So you, you came up
1: under in Piedmont.
2: Well, it was a Piedmont commuter, yes. Oh. And then uh, I worked with them almost two years, and American Airlines hired me mm. in August of nineteen ninety. So you
1: came in through American Airlines, not up through USA. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. A I'm a legacy route. American guy. The are yeah, uh, many of y'all around here. The, that's <laughs> right. The uh,
2: legacy U.S. Airways guys called Native Americans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, but, man. you know, it just kind of happened. And No, you're uh, a Citadel guy. I'm you? a Citadel guy. Yeah, okay. that's where I got my commission. Uh, I graduated from the Citadel in 1985, at, you know, with a commission as a second lieutenant in the Army, and they sent me to flight school, and—
1: that's a know. good. That's a good way to do it. You oh, know, it's I a great up. way to do it, man. Because you it's one get a lot little cheaper. Of, yeah, and you get a little of both too. You that's get right. That. So I was a, So I was a
2: reservist. I wasn't an active duty guy. So once I finished flight school, I was out. I was a civilian, other than my. Military weekends that I'd have to go to and mm-hmm. fly, and of course, being a, a pilot in the reserves is more than just a weekend. We
1: had to give them about five or six days a month. Now, tell people how bored those pilots are pulling those bands. Oh, up that's and down the worst beach. job.
2: That's the worst job known to man, <laughs> especially if you had a big fuel tank. You know, so you'd oh. be up there for about four hours <sighs> doing about. And you're flying these uh, Piper uh, Super Cubs, so they're you're flying about maybe thirty miles an hour. Really? You know, that's yeah. all it is? Thirty miles oh an hour. I well, you never gotta give us time that. to read. That's We've been right. drinking a little on <laughs> <And> the <than you're laughs> And you know what's crazy? Of course, if the wind, you know, if the wind was from the southwest, man, you'd be smoking. If it was from the northeast, you'd be going real slow. But then when you turn around, you come back another way and it's hard to read going that fast. But uh, yeah, it's it's about as boring as you could get. The only thing that's not boring about that job is picking up the banners.
1: Mm. So that's how cool. do you do that? What
2: well what they you know, those banners have about a – I think it's about a 200 foot, maybe 150 foot lead line, right? And so what they do is they get these PVC poles and the, they, the, they put the rope from that lead line in those PVC poles and they're probably about 10 feet up in the air like that. And so you have a, a hook on the back of the, of the cub with about an eight foot rope with a grappling hook. And so you dive down. And you right before you get to the rope, you pull that thing up full power, climb as much as you can, and hopefully the rope, the hook sw- swings through those poles, catches mm-hmm. that rope, and then you climb on out.
1: So you don't take and off pulling the back. Oh out. no no no! You got to no. come back
2: around. You yeah.
3: never knew that.
1: Yeah,
2: exactly.
3: No, so did you have just, like, to put him
1: out the back or something? No, you never missed it, did you? I
3: was oh ask. my
2: gosh, that's kind of funny. You know, you'll do. You'd go for about three weeks and not miss. You know, you hit it first time. You think you're feeling pretty good about yourself. <laughs> then you miss that thing one time, it might be an hour before you pick that thing up. I mean, you keep trying, and whatever that sight picture is that you've had, you it just care. takes forever, man. You, you know. And of course, all your buddies are flying to wait to pick up their stuff, and they're giving you a hard time. And, but eventually you get it, and then you're good for another couple of weeks. But, boy, once you kind of start missing, you know, you, you keep missing.
1: Yeah, people don't understand about flying too. You got to stay current. I mean, you oh, got to yeah. constantly be flying. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, you know, people a, always ask the wrong question. They're getting a plane with you and they say, How long you been flying? That's not the question. That's right. <laughs> yeah. How recently have that's you been flying? That's right. <laughs> exactly.
2: And that's the truth. You know, it's kind of funny. I I'd, I had gotten a job flying for that Eastern commuter and, and I came back one weekend and my boss from the Banato company called me and he said, Hey, Brian, if you're home, man, I sure could use you. You know, we got a guy sick or something's going on. And I go, yeah, I'll go out there and I'll fly with you. So I go out there. Man, it scared me. I go, I'm never doing that again. That's the most dangerous <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And I did it for two years. You
0: know?
2: I was like, no, sir, baby. Now, do you
0: fly like just private small planes just on the weekends for fun, like something like Ben has? Yeah, you know what? Uh, when my father passed away, I inherited
2: an airplane that we had had for about 30 years. And I kept it uh the, the first nine years it just sat in a hangar down near myrtle beach mm-hmm. and uh and a buddy of mine encouraged me to get it and bring it and get it annualed and long story, but we did and uh but it was having some fuel contamination issues mm-hmm. and uh and we thought we'd had them all worked out because what happened is for about nine years we left aircraft fuel in the fuel tanks, and it lacquered up and caused a lot of a lot of issues and so I'd go out flying kind of expecting it to quit right so I wouldn't get too far away from the airport yeah and just the mechanic said you just gotta you know about three or four tanks full and that stuff would be gone and you'll be good to go and uh (laughs) well so 2007 so I'd had it going about I don't know about two years and and I thought all those fuel contamination issues were behind me and I was out flying one September after, uh, morning, actually, and it was, it was during a big drought. Boy, the lake was really low, and so I was just out flying around, and uh, I wanted to get a little lower to see this one little area of the lake, and I leveled off at about, at about 1,000 feet, and when I pushed I push the throttle back in, it, the engine didn't go with it. It Kilt. just got real quiet. Ooh! Oh. Yeah. That's so, a
1: pilot's worst nightmare. That's a pilot's India. worst nightmare. That's right. Well, so that's really how he became famous, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He was famous back then. Yeah. It was. Uh, Tell him where you put
2: that plane down. I put it on the 8th Fairway at the point, which is now uh,
1: Trump National Charlotte. Oh, I thought you were getting to say which is now, Brian O'Toole.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I always play because I'm a I'm I'm actually a member out there, so I always get to the AT box. I like, go, "This is my hole. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm
0: a part of this thing." So you are the official person. The the you're the celebrity. You are the guy that everyone you're the guy knows. That landed on them. Well, main. usually people like to talk about it at the bar and that's where that's where we figured out that you need to come on the podcast because okay. we were we were having dinner. The and last time was like, we
1: oh, went into uh, Russia, yeah. well, you that's know, right. um, you did a remarkable job, by the way. Because yeah. actually, we had an opportunity to go up and recreate. Oh, that's right. Bit. That's been been. So you, we're I said, I said, Brian, we got to go flying. You got to show me what happened <laughs> and what. When I, we were in my seaplane. And so I was kind of showing off, you know, Brian, I can land this thing anywhere. That's I don't, right. I don't have to go to the, the, the right. eighth hole. That's <laughs> right. But we kind of got down, and he was telling me what happened. You did a really good job yeah. putting that thing down. Well, because- I,
2: I, did, I, I did a good job, except I had an opportunity to land it on the 12th hole. Mm. And about right before I landed it, the engine came back. He said, oh, oh,
1: you didn't pull the throttle like you he- yeah, well, you know they say if he lost it, go ahead and pull the throttle. Yeah, I probably and should And then have. that won't happen. To yeah, you. so
2: I had, I had, I'm sure the throttle was in. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was probably in about an extra inch or two. Also, what you think, yeah. uh, it, probably, <laughs> it, it was, was probably the all the way through the firewall. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so I had the throttle in, and I, I was coming around, and and you know one thing, you know my dad, he was a country boy pilot, but boy, he had a, he always said, man, three things that kill you: flying at night. Unfamiliar territory and and running out of fuel, and uh, I was in very familiar territory. I played that golf course. I knew where I was. knew exactly where I was. Right. I knew exactly where I wanted to land the airplane. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had it all lined up for twelve, and it was all every but everything good. was good. And boy, at about thirty feet, man, that engine just comes roaring
0: back to life.
2: And so that. Gave and, too and, much power to it. Well, not really. Well, I was thinking it was going to stay that way.
0: Mm. Yeah, you thought you were mm. going to go then.
2: Yeah, because you know what? Because I told you we'd had this issue with mm-hmm. the fuel contamination. That had happened before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, I would kind of climbed on out, and it was fine. Well, the engine came back, I climbed on out, and I got about right above the trees, and it quit again. Mm. And then I was like, and you was, had to take number that, eight. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done <laughs> in my life.
0: And there right? are people out there playing. Well, yeah. Well, so on number 12, no,
2: there was nobody there on 12. But as soon as I pulled up, because I was going from the green to the tee box. So as soon as I pulled that thing up above the trees then it quit, uh, I'm over the driving range. And it was not an empty spot. <laughs> I mean, I looked up there, and as far as all the way across that – Driving range was everybody. And then I looked down, and I saw 10 million golf balls on the driving range. And I'm like, this is not a good place to land. And plus, it kind of slopes. It's, the slope is wrong there and everything. So I knew I had to get to number eight. And I go, if I could just – because when the engine came back at that point, it was kind of sputtering. Mm-hmm. It was, it'd come in. Yeah. It'd go. It'd come in. You know, Ben, it'd be 1,000 RPM, right. 1,500 RPM, 500. You know, it was just kind of – it was all over the place, yeah. but it gave me enough power, and like we talked about earlier, I never got slow, man. I, that thing never dropped below about 60, 60 uh, knots. You know,
1: people don't understand about flying mm-hmm. is that you have to have airspeed. No doubt about and, it. And good, well-trained pilots like yourself keep control of it by keeping the airspeed That's up. That's right. People that aren't you know, experienced and, and aren't well trained, they'll let it get slow, and then it Absolutely. won't fly, and that's how they get hurt. Absolutely, but you keep the airspeed going; it'll I've fly. Known a cu- I've known a couple of professional pilots that have lost engines like that, and both of them kept the airspeed, yeah, and put it down somewhere, yeah, and, and, and don't do turn, and don't, and don't turn, don't, don't turn, keep because it turn
2: it in- it increases your stall speed because mm. you're you're kind of dumping the lift off one wing. So just keep it straight, keep that airspeed, and you're going to be good. So. I was over in that driving range and there's a old colonial house, well, not old, but a, a colonial house that's supposed to look old but it's new. Those two big chimneys right on the other side of that driving range. And I go, if I can just get past those chimneys, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be fine. I'ma be fine. And then I got past this chimney and then I looked up and I saw eight, and then I saw that one big pine tree to the left. And I go, oh, God, just just stay to right of that pine tree. And so I did, and I came right down there, and then of course once I got past that tree, I was high. All right? So we do a, a maneuver in an airplane called a slip. And a slip is a cross control where you go opposite aileron, opposite rudder. So I was doing left left aileron, right rudder and it'll come down like an elevator. Yeah, I mean,
1: it, it allows you to lose altitude but still maintain control of that's the right. airplane mm. real fast. So yeah. it's a good maneuver. It is practice. a great maneuver. Mm. So mm-hmm. man, I came down.
2: I was coming down, man. I was looking I was, I was so happy and uh about the time i start to come out of the slip to land i look up and there's two guys standing next to the golf cart right in the center of the fairway so you had to go over.
0: so you blew your horn yeah they got out of the way
2: I, well man they were the look you know their eyes and their look i mean you could see it man they were they were stunned i wasn't stunned they were stunned but uh so i had to pull it back up and then push it back down real fast and Another mistake I made, other than not landing on twelve, was I thought that uh, I thought that if I added another notch of flaps. This is older; it's a 1956 airplane, and so the flaps are manual. It's like Mm -hmm. a handle. In the new airplanes, like Ben's, you hit a button and and the flaps go out. You know, that's That's he's got it easy. easy. Well, (laughs) this thing's got a big old old barn door handle, man, and I I just yanked in that force. The fourth notch of flaps and it ballooned me just a little bit, and uh, but I got it down and everything was looking pretty good and you know I'm pushing those brakes through the firewall too because the brakes (laughs) on an airplane are on the toes right yeah so I'm sure my drilling I was glad (laughs) to come back sir
0: did you know your all of your pedals are just bent (laughs) oh yeah I I know (laughs) I'm
2: I'm sure they I'm sure if somebody can measure that they they uh, they were bent but uh, so uh, getting it stopped and then at the very so once again i'm going from green to t and on the eighth hole there's a little area that starts heading down toward the lake so there's a little ravine between the t box and the fairway so i'm coming off the fairway i'm not even indicating any speed because you have to have about i don't know about 20 knots to even have any speed indicated on those old uh on those old airspeed indicators and and so I, I knew I was getting it pretty slow, but as soon as I hit the rough, which is that higher uh, Bermuda, man, it felt like it started to slide. You know, i like, oh, no. I mean, I'm, it might have just been a feeling, uh, but I'm looking straight ahead, and straight ahead's the lake in that ravine. To the left is a little open area, which I thought would be okay, but all around it were trees. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, now I'm trying not to damage the airplane. Right. Right. And then to the right uh, – was the ladies' tees and the senior tees, the white tees, and I go, just and it was kind of like an uphill. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and yeah. I go, yeah. man, you like down. a runaway ramp in the mountains for yeah. the trucks, yeah. right? I go, that's perfect. There it is. So I just kind of do a little right, right pedal to kind of steer that mm. nose wheel to the right. And what I didn't know, uh, when Greg Norman designed the course, he put an eighteen-inch uh, curb on the concrete curb on the cart path so when you're Uh, looking from the tee box you can't see the cart path mm -hmm. so it has that nice grass look Uh, the whole way right so man I was probably that went your front wheel yeah Mm. so I was doing about 10 miles an hour maybe a little less and that front wheel hit that and I, I didn't know what it was yeah you know I had no clue and so uh so as soon as that thing hit and I was like, bam, and then of course the prop's still spinning, even though the engine, the props right. were still spinning with the wind, and and I might have had a little power because it was kind of partial mm-hmm. there at the end, and so my prop hit the dirt. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, going, boom, 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 and then of course my main gear caught the the curb, which it's, I mean that, that stopped it. Stopped it. it. That mm-hmm. was it. That stopped it. So of course in a in an airplane, the thing that they've always trained us, the thing that kills most people is not the, really the crash, it's the fire. Mm. So as soon as I hit, baby, I bet y'all was out of <laughs> in airport two seconds. You, you were, you were back in the clubhouse. Was, you were baby, back in the clubhouse. I was out, baby. <laughs> he was having a drink by then, right? And the other thing, this they, plane is parked out there. Right. And the other thing they tell us too is, is once you kind of get it on the ground, open the door, so in case there is, it gets crooked, you know. So the air, so you aren't. Did you do that? Oh, yeah. Man, you were really – That's good. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, because most people can't think that fast.
2: Well, that's my
3: biggest question is how, how did you keep a cool head?
2: Well, here's the thing. I've been trained for that situation. Well, yeah, you get the military background, so they probably... I'm a helicopter guy. You should have seen some of the areas we landed helicopters. (laughs) helicopters. Probably about the size of this studio. (laughs) Yeah, you you guys, professional pilots practice, practice, practice. practice, We practice for engine failures. I mean, even in, I mean, the helicopter, I mean, I... I you you know we're flying
1: you know we're flying with parachutes on the plane now. yeah, I heard that,
2: man. I'd be a little embarrassed to pop a parachute. Well, <laughs> they try they
1: they have to do training. Is that for right? people not to be embarrassed? Yeah, because they actually want you to. Is that
0: right?
2: because
1: most people can't do what you did. Yeah. Well yeah what's most the numbers
0: on yours? Your, you, the percentages and all that
1: Oh, it's like a hundred percent survival Survival yeah. if you pull it at the right, yeah, for uh, mm-hmm. the procedures, yeah, you know. So, well, uh, I know yeah. it makes
3: me feel a lot better about flying commercial knowing that there are people like you that can do what you do yeah. that are in charge. Mm,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And and, and and you've had and yours an because the chances of having an off uh, field landing are almost slim to none for the life of a pilot. That's right. So you've had yours. I, buddy, I'll fly with you anytime. Odds <laughs> <laughs> are you would never
2: have that yeah. again. I think, I think the funniest thing about that whole thing is I had just gone out to the airport to change the. the to replace my whiskey compass because it had, it had drained out. It's an it's a, it's a old compass that, that are required to have on an airplane in case all your more modern things quit working so you can always navigate. And the seals had leaked out. So I was just going out to just put that thing in and I was going to go play golf. And well, my, you, you made it there. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And so my buddy calls me up. I'm installing that thing because, he hey, it got held up at the office. Uh, it's going to be another hour. I'm like, an hour. Man, I'm gonna go flying. Yeah. So yeah. I'm only wearing a shorts and T-shirt, no mm-hmm. shoes, no wallet. I did have my sunglasses on, mm-hmm. but so after all that happened, and I'm like, I don't have my license. I don't have, you know, I don't have
3: anything. This man but, stole a plane and landed on the golf
1: course. <laughs> the good news, the good news is that uh, of course that the FAA looked at it and all that and said, yeah. good job, son. You're right. mm-hmm. everything right. Right. I'm proud of you. So yeah, you didn't have any problems with the. The licensing folks. That's, yeah, that's right. good.
2: That was that. You know, and of course, and that's the way I make my living, so I was thinking about that, too. I actually did call my chief pilot at the time in Chicago and just go, hey, just to give you a little heads up, <laughs> <laughs> I was out flying my dad's airplane, and we didn't make it back to the airport, but I'm okay, you know? Yeah. And so he, you know, and there was no, I told him the FAA was on the way. and Yeah. That's kinda, awesome, though. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's it's very impressive, like Tiff said, the, how you can keep your head and your cool mm-hmm. and Actually, remember your training like that. You know, it makes people feel good that wow, these people right. do what they're supposed to yeah. do. What,
1: what kind of questions do you get from people that uh, about planes? What happens in a plane? A commercial flight? I always huh. get the one like, where what do it they looks do? Like, what
0: do they do during the flight?
1: Well, yeah, well, <laughs> you always get the one where you know you're you're coming in to land. You're getting lower. They're right. And, it all, go up? Yeah, and all of a sudden, the plane feels like it's nosing up and taking off again.
2: Yeah, that's when, you, when uh, Airbus, which is, I, which is what I fly now, I fly the 319, 320, and 321. Uh, for whatever reason, when you go to flaps two, which is really the first notch of flaps, which are the mm-hmm. flaps are the trailing edge, even though they call flaps one flaps, it's really slats, which are the leading edge, where the leading edges go down to help you increase. Oh, you them. lost everybody out there. Yeah, I'm, the, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, I actually
3: over. think you're doing a very good job of explaining the yeah. terms.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so when you go to flaps two, it makes the air, it makes the nose go up, mm-hmm. and it, and it's pretty on that airplane. It's really. You're like whoa, and then of course not only does the nose go up, but guess what? The throttles you got to add power. Yeah, you got to so, add power to
1: maintain that's that, right. that so, altitude.
2: That's right. So it does, and it you're like, slowing down. That's right. You're and, slowing down. That's right. And and so the nose goes up, uh, the the flaps go out, and the power goes up. So
1: it has that has that feeling like you are mm-hmm. kind of yeah. I just try to tell people actually what the pilot's doing is slowing the plane down, but you're staying the same altitude. That's right. Or you may even be descending. That's right. More, that's right. So, uh, yeah, it, look it, at you it,
2: back there, just well, educating it people. To, yeah, if you're in uh, a descent, if when you're in a descent, it doesn't feel as dramatic. But when you're at a level altitude, because usually what happens coming into Charlotte, you know, you'll be at four thousand feet, and they'll tell you to slow to one hundred and seventy knots, and you're doing two hundred ten knots.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that's forty knots. Yeah. So you know, the power goes to idle. You know, you got to get below. I should know this. Whatever the <laughs> flap speed is for flaps 2 and you get 10 knots below that and then you bring out flaps
1: 2 so it just yeah. feels that way man it you just know. feels you know, when you're general uh, aviation pilot, you never get to fly fast, of course, because all these planes are so slow. Right. But the little Cirrus we have, we'll, we'll go faster, you know. Yeah. So I'll, like, coming into Charlotte or something like that, I'll go full speed, get it yeah. up as fast as I can, and they'll go. Uh, it will slow it down, to. And I said, say again. Say, uh, <laughs> I didn't understand you. You tell me to slow it down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, You man. hear people
2: laughing Yeah, that time. Cirrus is a fast yeah. airplane. It That's is. That's awesome. a good little
0: plane. Everyone I talk to, and they're like, oh, yeah, what... Well, What's Benfly? I say a serious, and they're all—all all of them
1: are like, "Oh yeah, that's a good plane." Yeah, well, it Man. takes a lot of people to own one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We got half of people in Lake Norman in the, this that's plane. Right. You know? That's hey, right. That's right. Hey, can I use the plane next year? <laughs> that's right. No, actually, we do pretty good. Yeah. Well, well, Brian.
0: I mean, I got
1: Brian. You call him yeah, Brian. Brian. With a T. No, it's Bryant. Bryant. Yes. Yeah, oh. it took me a couple. Well, of years you've later. got a you got Let a different
0: accent. Where are you from? I'm, oh, I grew up near Charleston,
2: South Carolina. Okay. A little town called Harleyville, South Carolina. Population okay. four hundred. Okay. Yeah.
0: Got the 399 now. Yeah, that's right. what I left there. Got that's the right. the super southern accent. Yeah, absolutely.
1: A little, <laughs> little low country. Yeah, we go up to New York and they start rattling oh, off yeah. all those well, instructions too. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You hear how I talk, that's how I hear. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Southern boy, turn <laughs> that's right. right. Oh yeah, they love me. Yeah, it's fine. They love me. They're fast, so they, that's they right. sp- that stuff out. Um, what was I gonna ask? You? Uh what was I gonna ask you about? Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the things we both enjoy. We both enjoy boiling up some seafood. Absolutely, dude. You got a good man. recipe on that. Yeah, I love Southern boil.
2: Yeah, we call it Frogmore Stew because of a little community down there uh, near Beaufort, South Carolina called Frogmore, South Carolina. And so it's where Gay Seafood is, and that's where they filmed uh, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. So this little mm-hmm. seafood company back in the 50s or whatever, they of course, they claim they invented this low country boil. And they named it Frogmore Stew, and all it is is shrimp, corn, sausage, and potatoes. Yeah. And uh, you can, in some people, if it's a, if you have a smaller crowd, you can throw in some crab. Actually, you can throw in anything you want. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, I that's mean, kind of the way. That's it what is. it was. Man, I was we like throw in I grew up
1: down in Louisiana, where we have crawfish bro. Right. It's the same type thing. You right. Know, you just
2: throw whatever. That's there, right. You. But it's a great way to feed people, and everybody likes it. Oh, I mean, yeah. you're really, you know, about the, the only way you can mess it up is cook the shrimp too long. You know, you got to really yeah. – once those things turn pink, baby, they got to come out.
1: Yeah, you want to you know? piss a Cajun off? Yeah. Cook the shrimp too long. Yeah. Man, you're right. You got to put them in there and take them out.
2: But the rest of the stuff, the corn, the yeah. sausage, and the potatoes, you can cook that till it dies. But the shrimp's <laughs> got to be quick. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we
1: uh, – You got a good recipe. I've had yeah. you before, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. we And, and I, let me tell you something else about this guy. When I first met Brian, really, our kids were, you know, about the same age that's right. back in elementary or – you know, yeah. school. And so we had the pumpkin cutting contest or uh, whatever. Did you get beat? <laughs> well, wait a minute. This, this is not fair. <laughs> He's like, how'd you know? <laughs> no, no, no. So, you know, my wife, uh, here's the kit, you know, to go cut the pumpkins with the kids. I'm going, I'm doing what? Yeah, you got to be over there at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and go cut all these pumpkins. So I got my little bitty knife and all that stuff. So I go in there and I, uh, I look over there and Bryce got a freaking saw. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I I didn't even think that was legal. You do
3: seem like that kind of guy. I look over there and goes, "Wee!" You didn't even ask. The rest
1: of the dads are like. That asshole. Yeah, oh, I got my good quick. Yeah, that's said, right. it was showing us up, man. That's right, man. <laughs> and the cute little teacher was over there. Oh, going, oh yeah, oh, Mistro too. That was so your name, that that, so
3: that's the You're, problem you have with it. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. the
1: real problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. Now
3: the truth comes and out. He,
1: yeah. He's
0: done in about three minutes, and you guys got three hours to cut your pumpkins. <laughs> he's like, "All right, guys,
1: yeah. time for pumpkin pie." And even my kids like, look at. Charlie's dad <laughs> oh, I see Charlie's dad it's
0: okay Don't worry about it. thanks Will
1: I got it got it yeah Charlie's Charlie dad's really the cool dad. dad is cool man
0: <laughs> well awesome man Charlie or, Charlie now you got That's me saying right. Charlie hey, one more
1: thing before yeah, we cut. Uh, go for it we both like wine
0: yes yeah actually you
2: know what uh this is pretty amazing this story my wife I have to come and talk to you about it but she uh couple years ago her sister-in-law called her said hey there's this new company starting up called Scout and Cellar and uh and and it's this organic wine but more than organic it's it's only from these vineyards that are that use biodynamic practices you know no no pesticides and natural fertilizers and all this stuff and uh and so uh she was like no pressure but if you're interested you know let's sell this stuff and uh Man, she had, it is it is really taken off. I mean, I think the the whole health craze has kind of helped it too. Yeah, and, keto because it's uh, right. it's low it's, carb. That's right, it's low carb. It's it, it's keto friendly. It's I mean, you have to talk to her. I don't know all the facts. Oh, I have
1: talked to her, and I got yeah. I got plenty of bottles. Of that yeah, in my absolutely, yeah, man. Right. But uh, it
2: really, uh, you know. It, you know, it's just kind of it's kind of like the way they make wine in in Europe a lot too. You know, they don't have a lot of the additives like we. Yeah, like uh, it's our, more of the mass, natural. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they don't put the preser the uh, the uh, preservatives in there like the 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 added sulfites and stuff. And that's some of the stuff they say that causes people not to drink wine for the for either the headaches or the way it makes you feel. Uh, so it's really it's it's been spectacular, and she's kind of. Here in Lake Norman, man, she's she's kind of the oh they the got queen a bunch of they, clean yeah. the queen
1: of clean crafted wine. There you go. Yeah, I like
3: that. I like that tagline. That's good. Did you come up? She's a great with that? girl. No, hey, know. look.
1: Let me tell you, Kim is a great girl. How did yeah. you pull that off? Really? Yeah, I mean, well, did, hey, I tell you what. Let me did tell you, you what no, you do. I was with Jim Harbaugh the night I met her. No what?
2: Yeah. Really? Yes.
1: How how did that come? Well, to
2: be? I I lived in a house with, in Chicago with seven other guys because I was based up there, and I went up there to kind of really get away from my mom and dad I love them both but I needed to get away
1: and yeah, that's uh, what my kids like
2: right
3: <laughs> that's right but so
2: so uh two of the of the roommates were from Ann Arbor and they went to high school with him. so at the time he was the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears oh okay. yeah and, how about uh, that that's right so in the in the off season since he he knew those two boys he'd come to the house and play cards and everything else and then we'd mm. all go out well Kim happened to be at a bar called high tops, which is right by Wrigley field on Sheffield. Mm-hmm. If you were Chicago, you'd understand the importance of Sheffield. Yeah. But, uh, but so uh, uh, she was there and one of the girls, she, I'm sorry. She was there with a bachelorette party. One of her girlfriends was getting married the next week. And so the girl came up to me cause I was sitting next to Harbaugh and said, Hey, we're here at the bachelorette party. Uh, any chance Jim would dance with, the you know, with the bachelorette, the bachelorette, I guess. And, uh, I was like, I don't know, you know mean, man. Hey, I don't know if he will, but I will. Yeah, that's right. that's what I was about to say. Hey Ben, I was just worried about me. Yeah,
1: I understand. I that's
2: understand. right. The and, hell with
1: Harbaugh. Yeah, that's, right. He and, yeah, that's, right. Yeah,
2: that's right. And Kim's friend was very attractive. He said, and, uh, Jim, who? Yeah, that's exactly. About me. That's right. I'm, I'm the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, uh, so I talked to this girl for a while, and then I, I must have asked her out or something. She goes, I'm married, and she goes, but I have a friend, and she introduced me to Kim, dude. That's
1: right. Are you serious?
2: That is the way. That is how we met. Hey, hey, you got to give me a little props here because so she brought me over to to a, to a meet Kim, and I'm talking to her, and it's like talking to somebody
0: who does not want to talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Ben has no idea how that feels. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, he does closings so, every day. <laughs> so you know I still what? get that at home.
2: <laughs> That's right. So I talked to her about five minutes, and I'm like, not. Nah, this is this, over. This I, I got a lot more action by the bar. You know? And so, uh, so we're getting ready to leave, and the friend who I talked to comes running back over Don't you want Kim's number? I'm like, uh, I don't think so. She didn't, she had, like she didn't want me to have her number. So I walked back over there and I said, Hey, your friend gave me your number. Is it all right? Did I call you? She goes, Yeah, please call me. So I, I called her. We went and had lunch. And next thing I know, about a year and a half later, I was married.
3: Surprise. <laughs> and I
2: and I wasn't looking.
1: <laughs> and here all this time, I figured she was probably a flight attendant. No.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Nope. <laughs> just there just comes Ben on there,
2: the stereotype train. There, you go, there right, you go. That's right, brother Ben. No. I
3: have to ask, okay. do you have a special pilot voice for when you're talking to everyone?
0: Uh. Yeah,
3: do
2: you guys have to
0: try and mumble? <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know, I, uh, I
3: have
2: uh, one of my captain mentors, a guy named Dave Schober, uh, he really kind of he talked to me and really kind of helped me with the PA. And, and I think, I really do think I make pretty good ones. And, uh, I can just imagine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it. Well, and you know, and it's, and it's, it's, kind of funny and I'm, it's kind of old school, but when the flight's over, I stay and I say goodbye to everybody. Oh, I
1: like that. Oh, I, I do know, too. And that's really, too. even if the landing's a little, uh, yeah, you know
2: what? I'll even stand my co-pilot to make a bad landing. And I'll take all the hits for it. No, nah. yeah, that's right.
1: That's a good, good that's captain. Right. Man. But,
2: but in our business now, because especially domestically, it's man, it's go, 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 go. The next flight leaves in forty five minutes, you know. But you know what? I stay there, and uh, and I, I and, and it's kind of funny the reactions I get to my voice. You know, they, you know, they' you know, they'll go, "Hello, Captain O'Toole," because you know, I always, and kind of one Got thing, Captain O'Toole here, and one thing. Captain Schober said, says, anytime you talk on the PA, you tell them it's Captain O'Toole. Because you know what? They think it's a male flight attendant. They don't know any different. But he says, mm-hmm. when you say Captain O'Toole, people will listen. Mm-hmm. And so I always try to say that. And so it's kind of funny the reactions I get when people get off the airplane and and it's it's they remember uh, that. It's, O'Toole. it's you know, it's kind of everything from do you have a cold? <laughs> Which I don't, it's just the way I sound, but uh, to to, uh, to I enjoy your PAs, and, I, you know, and I don't talk much. I'm not a, you know, I tell you what you need to know, and I get off. I'm,
0: I'm, so you're not. You don't, so inter, you don't interrupt. Guys, them. over here on no. the right side, we have the Rocky Mountains. No, no,
1: wave to those. <laughs> uh, you don't interrupt the movie, right? no Okay. You know, we don't never. want to hear all that stuff. I always, say, I
2: always say, I'm not going to disturb you. I'm not going to disturb you along the way. I'll be back shortly before landing to update our progress.
1: Hey, I'll tell you something else. You can thank me now for not bringing up the uh, national championship. Yeah. You know? his, his kids go to Clemson. Uh oh. My <laughs> kids go to LSU. That's right. We got bragging rights for a That's little right. while. But I'm not hey, going to hey, rub you know it what? in, but we're lucky we were there. I tell you
2: what, LSU played great all year. Uh, you got to give it to LSU. And I love college football. I'm not a, I got to admit, I'm not an NFL guy. I love college football. Yeah, me too. And uh, LSU was by far the best team in the country this year. But so. those kids
1: had fun no matter oh, what. Oh, yeah. They yeah. had a great time. Both <laughs> All Charlie, our kids were down in New Orleans. Yeah. You know. Oh, were they really? Oh, yeah.
2: They just kind of came home a little sad. They were a little more sad than That's they wanted right. to be. Because Clemson's not used to losing. That's what I told them. That's ben. true. They're
1: not used to losing. Well, LSU's not used to winning. My kids That's are right. still, can't believe it. You <laughs> yeah.
0: Know? Will was on Instagram today, and he was commenting on things from – when you said something about LSU like six months ago, and he was on there went, yeah, Dad predicted this. And,
3: you know, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm
1: hardcore LSU. I predicted every year. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah. you
0: should. Yeah.
2: As, it, as every LSU fan does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's just the way it is.
1: Every year. Ben's uh, going to the national championship. Yeah.
3: It's part well, of their ritual.
1: Know, man. All good. That was, that was unbelievable. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Man, we good. appreciate
3: you coming, man. Yeah, yes, thank uh,
1: you. Yeah. It's flying. been
0: great. Definitely learned a lot for sure. Like right. his
3: name. His That's
1: name, <laughs> it's Bryant <laughs> with That's a T. Right. Oh, everybody <laughs> calls him Brian.
0: Yeah. I, I,
2: well, Ryan
3: know. gets called Brian a lot. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I get I'm called
2: Brian. Ryan too. Yeah, I take you know, whatever sometimes I Sometimes I don't enunciate like I should. I kind of just run no. You know, him.
0: I couldn't figure it out from a Cajun and. The low country, so I just go with Brian. That's right, that's right.
2: Yeah, so uh, I try to. But now, my mother, if she ever introduces me, that T comes flying out of her. Oh, mouth. I bet it does. She, goes, this she, is she my admitted
1: son, it. Brian, Brian, <laughs> <laughs> I named him. That's awesome,
0: right. guys. Well, we definitely appreciate you guys listening. You can say you've been on a podcast. Right. you flew flown. I'm gonna planes. tell my
1: kids, I'm gonna tell
0: my kids. Listen to me on a podcast. You're an official <laughs> podcaster now. That's right. Guys, we appreciate it. And We'll see you on the next episode of Welcome Home, Lake Norman. Thanks for listening to the Welcome Home, Lake Norman podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, make sure you give us a review on iTunes. It just helps us be seen by more people. Also, share it with your friends and let everyone know what we're doing over here in the Lake Norman area. We will see you guys on the next episode.